Thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church Podcast. To learn more about our community or the vineyard movement as a whole, feel free to visit our website, cascadevineyard.org. There you'll also find additional teachings, information on our various ministries, and other resources for further developing your faith. We'd love to have you join us for worship. Enjoy this message. Thanks, worship team. That was great. Super appreciate it. I always say the most dangerous band in the world, and they are. Um, I, you know, I just follow up uh, on prayer. There is a small but faithful group of us that prays every Tuesday morning, and it really is a, a great time. Uh, so it's just you're always invited. And you can come any week you want. You don't have to be there all the time. You can come late, leave early, whatever. We meet from 7 to 8, but any part of that, you'd be welcome to join us. Um, we are in, uh, for those of you that have not been with us, we are in a study in the book of Ephesians. Uh, last week, we looked at the first few verses of chapter 2, and we titled that Walking Dead No More. Um, and uh, we said that while we aren't exactly zombies when we're living our lives apart from Jesus, we're a little bit like that in that we're walking around and kind of going through the motions and living life, but uh, we're, we're really uh, not fully alive. There's a spiritual deadness that oftentimes we're not even aware of. Uh, Paul told us that there are three factors that contribute to that condition. The first is the ways of the world. There's a prevailing culture that we all sort of uh, are a part of, and very oftentimes we slip into that and just become more and more a part of it, and it becomes more and more a part of us without us even being aware. So uh, that's one factor. The second is the power of Satan, that we really do have an enemy, a real enemy, uh, and he's a busy little guy. And very often works overtime at trying to distract us and do all he can to keep us away from God's purposes in our lives. And then the third thing is probably the most challenging of the three, and that is uh, our own flesh. There's that thing inside of every one of us that uh, kind of rises up, that uh, we have a desire to sort of do those things that maybe are outside of what God would have for us, outside of his purpose, outside of who Jesus is and, and what he has for our lives, very much in contrast with what God does have for us, and we tend to uh, fall into that pattern very often. And then if you recall, verse 4 uh, starts with the powerful little two-word phrase, but God. But God. The dividing line between that condition and who we are in Jesus, we've been made alive and uh, raised up and seated in heaven with him is God. When I think of that text, I always picture, uh, you know, a big, long table, a big, long dining room table with lots of seats around it. And uh, at our house on the holidays, we have a long table like that. And the grandkids always make name tags. 
And every Christmas and every Thanksgiving, they make little name tags, and there's a, a name and a seat for everybody. And I was just thinking, it's like that with Jesus. There's a seat for everybody. There's a place that's got your name on it, and he's there at the door just waiting for you to show up. And you might feel like, I don't know if I belong. I don't know. Is there really room for me? Kind of peek in and look at Jesus. No, come on in. Come on in. All of that, uh, Paul told us, is uh, accomplished by the grace of God, uh, for which we are so... Uh, deeply indebted. I ended at verse 9 last week. The thought process, Paul's uh, thinking in this chapter, continues through verse 10, but I stopped at verse 9 intentionally because I wanted to really kind of focus in on verse 10 this morning. Um, It really, in some ways, is a summary statement of everything that came before the first nine verses. Paul sort of wraps up his discussion on uh, the transforming activity of God in our lives. And he does that with a little play on words. And so our title this morning, if you go to the title slide for me, is Work, 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 Not By Our Works, But His Workmanship Calls Us to Do Good Works. So why don't we pray and then uh, we'll dig into the text a little bit and See if we can make sense of that. Father, thanks so much for your presence this morning in worship. It's just so good, really, to focus our hearts uh, on you and to lay aside all of the stuff that fills us up. We're so anxious and concerned uh, about what's happening in our world today and even in our own lives related to uh, jobs and, and finances and relationships and all the stuff that goes on, and yet we can come here Uh, enter into your presence and leave that behind for just a little while and know that uh, you are good and you are with us all the time. Would you open your word to us this morning, Lord, and allow us really to uh, receive from you today. your name we pray, amen. All right, I want to focus on verse 10, but I want to back up and read through verse 8 just to give us some context. For it's by grace you've been saved. Through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Um, in uh, my book, I tell a story that I'm going to repeat today because it, uh, it illustrates this point so well, but um, long, long ago in a galaxy far away, uh, I was a gardener uh, and uh, living in Southern California, had a little gardening business, and uh, one of my clients had a large piece of property, it was horse property, and they had a, what do you call a thing the horses go in? A corral, yeah, yeah, a horse thing, and... Uh, Behind it was a row of eucalyptus trees and just a kind of some sort of outlying parts of their property that didn't get a lot of attention every week. And they asked me if I would come over and kind of do some trimming and do some extra work there. Uh, it was a big job. So I had a friend who also had a gardening business. And I said, hey, why don't you come with me Saturday? We'll go do this job together. The two of us, uh, I think, could do it in a day. And so we, we did. We went over there and we did it. It was a big job. It took, took us all day long. We worked really hard. 
but got it done and it looked good. At the end of the day, of course, you know, we're dirty and we're tired and we're hungry. So we kind of wanted to celebrate because the, the guy paid us really well. We made good money uh, doing this. So we we're going to go out and get a nice steak dinner. Uh, so back then, I don't think Sizzler doesn't exist anymore, does it? There's, is there still a Sizzler restaurant anywhere? No. Somewhere? <laughs> well, Sizzler is kind of like, sort of like the Applebee's of steakhouses. I mean, it's not fast food, but it's not like Morton's either. It's just sort of a, kind of a, it's, you can get a steak, but you know. So we figured we'd go to Sizzler because it was probably the nicest place that would let us in looking like we look, which is another thing I was thinking about anymore. Today, you can really go any restaurant you want any time. You don't have to dress up to go out to eat. Back then, you kind of had, there was a little bit of a, a dress code. And so we figured, well, we're grungy, we're gardeners, but we'll go to Sizzler. That, that'll sort of be the middle ground for us. So we, again, we're, you know, it's a long day. We're tired. Uh, we just sit down to eat. And at a table opposite us, uh, we very quickly became aware there were uh, three elderly folks sitting there, two, two women and a man, and the gentleman was experiencing some difficulties. I, I don't really know the nature of what was going on, but he, he would kind of wheeze and cough and just sort of almost, he wasn't choking, but just really experiencing this kind of hard time, you know, and and and, and this would happen like every two minutes. So it was distracting. We could hear him, and I, w- I became aware that other people around us were also becoming aware. So here we are, you, you know, dirty gardeners, but we also were Christians, and we go to the vineyard, and we listen to John Wimber, and he talks about healing and doing the stuff and the meats in the street, and we're thinking, oh, man, is this the meat? Uh so I look at my friend, he looks at me, he's like, you think what I'm thinking? I go, yeah, I'm thinking what you're thinking. So <laughs> we kind of try to devise a plan. We're going to come up with a plan, but there's no plan. So finally, we delayed as long as we could, and then we just got up and walked over and said, hey, you know, we're Christians, and we, 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 we it seems though you're, you're having a tough time, and we just wondered if we could pray for you. And um, I think it was uh, his wife and maybe... One of their sisters, a sister, and one of them, the gals said, oh, would you please? Please, that, that would be so nice. Uh, I, I mean, they were beyond receptive. They were like welcoming. It was almost like they were waiting for us. And so we, uh, you know, here we are now. Every, the whole restaurant is aware that uh, these two dirtbags are are uh, approaching this old man that's coughing. And... Uh, we laid hands on him and we prayed for him. And, um, you know, I don't know what his condition was. I don't know what was causing him to, to have those attacks, but, but they stopped. And I don't know if they stopped permanently, but they stopped for the rest of the time we were in the restaurant. And so we, we thanked them and got ready to go sit back down. And it was uh, super cute because the one gal, she grabs my sleeve and she tugs on my sleeve a little bit. I said, yeah, and she goes, pray for her too. <laughs> she goes, she's got the arthritis real bad. So I looked at the other lady, I said, is that so? And she goes, can we pray for you? 
So we, we prayed for her too. And the reason I, I share that this morning is simply this, that um, before creation, God ordained that uh, three elderly people, two grungy gardeners, and the Holy Spirit would converge on a Sizzler restaurant in Placentia, California on that day. Paul uh, has made it clear, and, and again, there's so much of, you know, I'm just so thankful for our worship this morning, and what Tuck shared at the end there is so uh, consistent with what I want to talk about, because, you know, our salvation is not by works. We don't, we don't do anything. We come into the presence of God and allow Him to begin to transform us, and then everything else comes out of that. Uh, it's 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 not our accomplishments. There's no social status. There's there's no activity. There's nothing that we can do. God brings us to that place of salvation. It's accomplished in Him. But when He does that, He has a purpose for us in mind. And also, I you know I I was aware as I was just reading and and kind of going over the text this week. There's a timelessness to this passage. It's in the moment, but it begins in the beginning of time because he begins that we, you and I, were created in Christ Jesus. Uh, and as God was creating us at the same time, he was also creating these things that he had for us to do down the road. I was thinking, man, that's good planning. God is, is in the process of creation, knowing all this stuff's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and where we're going to be. And I think of that situation in that restaurant, and that somewhere in eternity, God ordained that that would happen. We're God's workmanship, or other translations say His handiwork. And um, the Greek word there is poema, and we get our word poem from that. We are God's poem. We are uh, His beautiful masterpiece, a work of art. There's something beautiful that God created, and it's you and me. You know, you think about that. You think of Michelangelo and David. You think of Rembrandt and the, the portrait of the prodigal that we looked at last week, and then you think of God and you. In the same way that Michelangelo saw David and, and made that beautiful statue, God said, I'm going to make you. You are every bit as breathtaking, as beautiful, as powerful, as awesome as any work of art ever created anywhere. That's exactly what Paul was referring to in verse 7 when he said, in order that in the coming ages, all throughout eternity, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. All through eternity, all through creation, all through the universe, everywhere, all time, everything, will look at what God's done in you and say, whoa. That's what they say, whoa. Um, you know, a culture might say a lot of other things about you. You're too fat, you're too short, you're bald, you're not smart enough, you're not good enough. But heaven looks at you and says, whoa. God's poem created in Christ Jesus. You know, I want to parenthetically say right there that sometimes, I, I think sometimes in, uh, when we study Scripture, we look at it, 
And we kind of come away uh, with the idea that uh, Jesus was sort of a last-ditch effort. That Jesus was God's Hail Mary to save the plan because it was going down. The ship was sinking, and he thought, i got to do something. But as I read this text this week, the other thing that really stuck out to me is that, no, Jesus was the plan from the beginning. We were created in Christ Jesus. We were created in Him. That was God's plan all the way along. That wasn't uh, a last-ditch effort. That's how He planned it to work. He created us to do these good works in Him and You know, we said before, and and really in the same text, it's not by works. Not by works, but we're created to do good works. How do we equate those two things? And there's a distinction between them that's super important for us to understand, and that is that our salvation is not by works. It's by the grace of God, but we continue to do His work in the world today by engaging in those things that He created for us to do. So the distinction really is between merit and purpose. It's, it's, it, we don't earn it, but it is what we're for. See, that's why we're here. That's really why we're here. Uh, and and, I, and I, I, w- I would add this. I will say this. We, we get caught up in looking for purpose in other things. And if you look for fulfillment, if you look for meaning, if you look for your purpose in anything else, You'll always come up short. There, you know, people try to be beautiful, and there's always going to be someone more beautiful than you. You know, we, we, we want to be wealthy. We want to earn a lot of money, but there's always going to be someone with more money than you. You know, you want to be a great athlete. You want to be the star quarterback, but you know what? There's always going to be someone that's a little bit better than you, but there's never, ever, ever going to be anybody that's more beloved by God than you are right now. That's just the truth. That's just the truth. Why don't you guys come back up? We'll get ready to close. Short break today, but it was your own fault. You can go over like that anytime you want. The Holy Spirit's moving. You take all day if you want. You cut me right out. Let me just say this, last thing. We characterize a Christian life as a walk, right? Think, I want you to think about that for a minute because it's a, good, it's a good illustration. It's a walk. So, what are you doing? <laughs> You're so sassy. Hey, uh, everybody walks at a different pace. And I think that it's helpful to be conscious of that and, and recognize that don't let yourself get caught up in trying, first of all, in judging other people for not walking at your pace. You know, we can easily, oh, well, that, you know, that guy. They're walking at the pace that they walk at. And at the same time, don't judge yourself for trying to keep up with somebody that's walking ahead of you. Just allow the Spirit of God to lead you and walk at the pace that 
you're able to walk at. And when you do that, I think you you find your your rhythm in the in the presence of God, and you find that your 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 contributions, your perspective, everything about who you are and what you do seems to fit better. And and it, and it really does. Then it becomes like. You know, you, you, you have, the, uh, you, quite honestly, you have stories to tell. You, you have those situations like, uh, you know, two gardeners and a sizzler praying for a guy because you're just at the rhythm and the pace that God has created you to walk at, okay? So let's, uh, let's go ahead and close with a, with a worship song. And I just want to encourage you guys, look, we've not been praying. Um, you know, we haven't had a ministry team and have people come for prayer throughout COVID just because it doesn't seem appropriate. But if you need prayer this morning, I would really, really encourage you to get prayer. Have somebody with you pray, or if you feel comfortable with somebody here, ask them to pray for you or whatever. Uh, Just put your mask on and pray, okay? Because uh, it's so much better to receive what God has for you today than to walk out of here feeling like you missed something. I don't want you to do that. So if if you're feeling out of sync with your purpose, and you're not sure uh, who you were created to be this morning, if there's anything going on in the course of your life that seems to be kind of not right with God, just just allow Him to touch you. So let's stand together and close with this song, and Mercy, you can have your spot back now. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Cascade Vineyard, we always welcome your prayers for our church body, our communities, and our leadership. If you'd like to contribute financially, please visit cascadevineyard.org give.